the University of Hawaii at Manoa Institute for Astronomy and the Mauna Kea Observatories play a critical role in major astronomical discoveries. In July 2016, NASA and an international team of astronomers announced that they identified 100 new planets, including five bearing similarities to Earth. Good morning. It's Tech Talk Today, episode 252. And I thought, let's start out with some supremely intergalactically good news. <laughs> We're not alone. I'm Angela. Hello, Angers. We have uh, a lot to talk about today. And don't worry, we're going to talk about all of the important things before we even mention Pokemon Go. Wait, crap. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Well, let me uh, recover by bringing in our Mumble Room. Time appropriate greetings, Mumble Room. Hello. 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 So did you guys hear the big news, at least in my estimation today, that Opera is potentially getting sold to a Chinese consortium for $600 million, the Opera browser and all of its individual pieces. In fact, this wasn't even their main original plan. They had a $1.2 billion deal that fell through. And so now this is sort of plan B and they're selling off the browser business and the Opera TV business. And they're going off to these different in these different chunks. And uh, I thought I'd open it up there because I think a lot of times when you hear about something, especially a browser like Opera, where they have a service where you route all of your traffic through Opera and they compress it so you use significantly less data, when you have a company like that that's creating such a trusted piece of software where you do your online banking, you send your data through them in some circumstances, does it give you pause when they're bought out by a Chinese menu or by a Chinese consortium in this case? I would. You have the best – the qu- Closest thing I can compare it to is Plurk. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I feel like I could go down every, any day, mm-hmm. you know, and not be available. And sometimes the uh, like you can put your n- username and then feels or uh, says or whatever. Sometimes it's in Chinese. Oh, that's interesting. Like it's a bug. <laughs> uh, anybody in the mumble room feel that it might it might make them maybe uninstall Opera or not consider using Opera? What are your thoughts on it, mumble room? Yeah. How am I going to uninstall Opera on? My PSP and embedded devices, though, right. try to be secure because this is kind of I, I don't know what the intentions are of this company. But like, how is this going to affect consumers with security, though? Uh, on the, to play devil's advocate, though, are you going to uninstall all of the Chinese made electronics that you already have in your house? Right. No. Right, it's, yeah. especially for those of us out there that might have ThinkPads. I don't, but others do that would have, you know, those, that's another Chinese manufacturer. My Nexus is made by a Chinese manufacturer. Uh, the components in all of our computers are made by Chinese manufacturers. And let's be honest, are U.S. companies much better? Because they obviously just completely give the NSA or the FBI data whenever they want it. Any, you know, any national security reason, they, they'll hand it over. That doesn't seem to be any worse than the, what the Chinese government would have them do. Um, in fact, it would seem that U.S. companies might be riskier because the U.S. government's more likely to want information about U.S. citizens. I don't know about a Chinese company. But at the same time, I also have the same reservations, mostly because, like was stated in the uh, mumble room, I don't really know what their intentions and motivations are, what they're planning to do with something like this. Uh, what do you think, uh, MiniMC? Yeah, you said the data confirmation for the browser, that has some influence on Nokia phones, at least on the Asha series. Sure. Because when Nokia, Nokia was sold to Microsoft, they stopped their own uh, thing, and so they took the Opera browser for, on all their Asha phones. I wonder I wonder if we'll really see much change, but I have noticed a lot of comments. People say, oh, that's it. I'm done with Opera. Probably, Everybody says that. But, I know, you know, I know. And they probably didn't even use ah. Opera. They probably didn't even use it. I feel it. like we need the American Eagle there. Now, if you're, <laughs> ready, if you're ready to get up in arms, if you're ready to get upset about something, 
<laughs> My friends, this is intolerable. Uh-oh. For once, the United States is being left out on a content deal, and it leaves me a little sad. What? Netflix will stream CBS's new Star Trek TV series that's launching next year all around the world, except for the United States and Canada. Wait, Picard's in it? No, they're also, the deal also includes the complete and total back catalog of Star Trek television. Are you kidding? Netflix Wait. globally. Okay, but... Th- is that available to U.S. people? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, but that's the, good, but just not the new show. The new show, you'll still have to have that's CBS me. All Access, $5 or $6 a month subscription. Those mother yeah. cable But that if you're outside the Holy U.S., crap. you get to watch the new series on Netflix. Okay. So this is when DigitalOcean comes into place. We find one of their overseas <laughs> <Right? servers, laughs> spin it up. Yeah, VPN over there. And, get, totally. and open a Netflix account over there. That is crazy. But it's cool that it is cool that they're gonna that Star Trek fans around the world won't have to worry about CBS All Access going uh, international because they've been really slow to do that. So th- now people that are you know, outside the U.S. and Canada will have th- uh, the new episodes of Star Trek twenty four hours after they made their domestic wow. debut on CBS All Access. Canada got, Canada got smashed with the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> on that, yeah. that's a raw yeah. deal. It's gonna be a global television event when the new Star Trek show launches because they're gonna they're gonna air the first episode. On CBS, like the regular TV network, mm-hmm. and then they'll be like, "Get more at CBS All Access," and then which is how much? In All Access, six bones a month. Oh, okay, and it's on. It's like Hulu. It's like, yeah, for but, all CBS shows. So that uh, includes like Big Brother and stuff like that, which you might like. But I think oh, I think it does, right? Uh, yeah, probably in yeah. Survivor. That actually might be worth it. <laughs> Dude, I, Star know, Trek made it worth it. <laughs> yeah, well, for you, for you, for me, it would be Survivor and Big Brother. I guess so. I guess so. But, but what it also means is that it'll be on Usenet with, uh, within 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, there's a bit of a controversy brewing with self-driving cars, and Tesla finds itself oh, no right way. at it. Oh, yes way. And uh, this story came out uh, today that Germany will now require black boxes in self-driving cars. Coming out of Berlin. Yes. New legislation to require manufacturers of cars equipped with autopilot functions to install a black box, black bobs, uh, <laughs> box to help determine the responsibility in the event of an accident that makes absolute sense also dash cam mm, okay. I, I just just do it like other countries do it like the countries that have really crazy um automobile stuff but yeah dash cam and black box so i think it's a great idea here's elon musk uh the uh, tesla guy talking about who's responsible for autopilot crashes a year ago implications of having autopilot in the model s's right um what happens elon if the car does in fact crash who is going to be responsible when that car is on autopilot? Yeah, so I think it's important for us to differentiate autonomous driving um, versus autopilot. Autopilot is what they have in airplanes. Uh, for example, we, we use the same term that they use in, in airplanes, where there's still an expectation that there will be a pilot. So, the, so if, if the, the onus is on the pilot to make sure that the autopilot is doing the right thing, um, it, it's not, we're not yet at the stage where uh, you can go to sleep and wake up at your destination. Um, uh, if we would have called it autonomous instead of autopilot if, if that was the case. Right. Um, so this is him a year ago. He's basically saying it's on the driver. Now, the reason why that's sort of relevant is there has been an accident, uh, the first fatal accident involving uh, Tesla's autopilot functionality. The U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is launching an investigation into 25,000 Tesla Model S cars after a driver was killed while the car was allegedly in autopilot mode. The crash occurred when a tractor-trailer pulled into the driver's lane on May 7th in Williston, Florida, when the car was on autopilot. 
According to a police report, the vehicle's roof was torn off and the car kept going, eventually striking a utility pole 100 feet away. Wow. Investigators have called for an examination into the design and performance of any driving aids that were in use at the time of the crash. Tesla says its autopilot is improving, but that it requires the driver to be alert and that neither the driver nor the autopilot noticed the tractor trailer. Tesla says this is the first known fatal collision to have occurred with autopilot activated. So Tesla gets the、wow. data back and they look at it. And from what I read in this Guardian piece here, it, it seems to be that the computer might have confused the sheer shiny whiteness of the tractor trailer truck with the sky, thought that it was the sky right there,、oh, thought nothing was、like、coming over. Yeah. yeah, and so it didn't react. Wow. But Tesla, of course, has a good point and said, yeah, but the driver didn't notice it either. Well, the driver didn't make it to save. <laughs> yeah. That's, wow, what a downer. Yeah. So,、uh, as of all, so now, of course, there has been、uh, consumer reports has started to say, well, we can't really recommend this. This is not looking like this is、Tesla? a good model, the Model S、wow. or whatever that has the autopilot feature.、Um, and of course, in the Tesla forums, respond with, this is ridiculous. This isn't, this isn't, really, a, this isn't really a thing. You know, this is, if you're being responsible, it's like using cruise control. And if you go、yeah. to YouTube and you search around for Tesla autopilot fail, Uh, you immediately start seeing videos of people just doing really,、What? really stupid things in their Teslas. Like this one with dramatic music. This is a compilation video that shows、uh, the fails of the <laughs> Tesla autopilot. Okay. And you get, you get a couple of ideas, ones that seem like maybe they're a little spooky here. So the car doesn't see the. Little, rear, little fender bender there. Didn't see the, didn't see the vehicle inside the road. Show up and say, brace for impact. It didn't do it? Not right there. Oh, wow.、Uh, you can hear the fear in that guy's voice, too. Yeah, he, it looks like he had to correct the steering wheel. Yeah. Now, I guess supposedly coming up,、uh, the guy that died, the fatal accident,、uh-huh. he had posted a video on YouTube earlier of another incident where the autopilot almost failed. See that? He almost sideswiped somebody on the side of the road. Now, I guess this supposedly is the driver that died. This is footage. I don't know if that's true、oh. or not. That's what the internet says. This、huh. is not the time he died. This is the time、right. before. Here's, here's a truck. And see, he's staying in the blind spot of that truck, and the truck almost comes right over on him. Wow. Because the autopilot is it's looking at where you're at in the lane, it's, looking at, it's、yeah. using radar around you, but it's not thinking about am I in this Ford work truck's Blind spot or not. And when I'm driving, I'm sure you do the same thing. If you've been、mm-hmm. driving for a while and you're up against, you're along somebody's side of their car and you think, gosh, I'm probably in their blind spot. I should either back up or right, move ahead、yes. so that way they don't come over. All the time. The autopilot doesn't think like that. Yeah. It's just looking at radar. It's just, and the problem is, is that guy didn't see him and he started coming right over. Yeah. And so there's been some questions raised, but a lot of, a lot of Tesla owners say if you use it responsibly, if you treat it like cruise control, if you stay in control,、uh, it's a good thing. And in fact, Uh, I've even heard the argument made.、Uh, I think it was Leo on Twit said that、um, he has a friend that drives a Tesla that、uh, he nodded off and fell asleep accidentally while he was driving, and the autopilot kept going. And when he woke back up, he was still driving. Oh, and, my and gosh. Like, oh, and he you know, scared the hell out of him, and he stayed awake after that. But basically,、oh. because the autopilot was going, he didn't drive off the road. Wow. And it, way, the way it works is you have to have your hands、okay. on the wheel, and after 90 seconds, I think, it, it、uh, slowly brings the vehicle to a stop. Oh, that could be dangerous. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. 
Yeah. And it, yeah, of course autopilot is opt in. You turn it on and and the other thing about That's autopilot crazy. Uh, during autopilot you have to have your hands on the wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can take That's it off for brief feature. moments. Yeah, and the other thing too is there's also a cruise control assist in the Teslas where they use radar cruise control and you do all of the steering, but it manages all of <laughs> – yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Max Power wins the internet cookie of the day. He submits <laughs> to the IRC chat room the airplane uh, pilot blow-up doll. That's <laughs> – all right, very good. Uh, the Teslas have the radar cruise control where you can still steer but let the Tesla computer manage your braking and, and acceleration completely, which is good for uh, um, you know not fuel economy but power economy, I guess. Anyway, so I, I don't think the black box thing is going to be a huge thing because a lot of people have that. But uh, it seems kind of obvious in a more modern vehicle. This next story is pretty neat over at Mashable. Scientists can now store lots of data in guess what, Ange? Not in your shoe, not in a hologram, <laughs> in tiny atoms, they say. In the world today, we store more and more of our data through cloud computing in large data centers. The amount of data we store grows rapidly, requiring more data centers to be built. These centers are not only large, they also consume lots of energy. In order to increase the capacity of storage media, we would need to reduce the amount of space occupied by each piece of information. But there is a limit to how small we can go. Due to the roughness of the materials used, the smallest writable element still contains thousands of atoms. Imagine that we could use a material that is smooth down to the level of the individual atoms. Then one data element could contain just one single atom. Scientists from Delft University of Technology have now managed to do just that. They have succeeded in building a memory of one kilobyte in which each bit is represented by a single atom. They have discovered that chlorine atoms on a copper surface form a perfect square grid. Wow. When an atom is missing from the grid, it leaves behind a hole. Using the needle of a so-called scanning tunneling microscope, an atom can be dragged towards such a hole. Just as in a sliding puzzle, the hole is then effectively moved around. Amazing. Multiple holes can be dragged into a specific arrangement to form bits... Letters, words, all the way to an entire text. Also, holes can be combined to form markers, indicating, for example, if a sector is broken due to an atomic defect. Using these procedures, the Delft team managed to construct a full kilobyte, comprising 8,000 atomic bits. This is by far the largest atomic structure ever built by humans. The storage density of this memory is 500 times larger than that of -of state-of-the-art hard disk drives. In its current form, the memory needs to be in an ultra-clean vacuum environment and at very low temperature. However, thanks to the robustness of the material, the technology may well be further developed to be used outside the laboratory. That's amazing. And I want that in my phone. <laughs> yeah, right? I want that storage in my phone. Wow, very cool. So you can find out more. Uh, Lance Ulanoff has more over there, including some still pictures. Look at that. It could, be what, uh, could just be what we need to. He stored just all of these podcasts here at the Jupiter Broadcasting Studios. Jeez, no kidding. All right. So we got to talk a little Pokemon Go before we wrap up. 
there was an attack against the Pokemon Go servers over the weekend, and uh, a, a hacking collective, Our Mine, has taken, um, I guess, responsibility. They've taken credit for it. Our Mine told PC Magazine via email that they're just trying to protect company servers. I don't know exactly why that is. They say we will stop the attack if Niantic staff would talk to us because we'll teach them how to protect their servers. Oh boy. wow! Oh boy! Oh boy! So have you played it yet, Ange? No. No. Wow. No, but Ashley is. We were, yeah, yeah, when sure. I dropped Dylan off yesterday, sure. Ashley was. She was like, uh, she gave Dylan a high five because he got to play with you a little bit. <laughs> Wait, was I supposed to mention that? Oh yeah, oh, no, it's fine. I've, I played a little have bit. Have you of, admitted it to yeah, the yeah, internet? Yeah, I've tried a little bit of Thousand Trails, and uh, it was nice for a walk. Anybody in the mumble room playing it? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? It's pretty good. Uh, it's gotten us out of the house more. I was playing it at the beach for a while, which was fun. There were lots of people out at like one in the morning. Like everyone who was out was playing Go. That yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, we were out at the beach at uh, up in the Connor, and somebody walked up to us and said, "Can I see which ones you've caught so you've caught so <laughs> yeah. far?" Like just started talking to us out of nowhere. Like, wow, oh, people are like screaming out, "Oh, there's a Magnemite over here!" or Something and like pointing at it, and yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And it's neat. It is really neat when you find out that they have incorporated elements around you into the game itself, so you can go somewhere mm-hmm. and get loot and stuff like that. Uh, anyways, I think overall it's been a positive influence. A lot of people want to hate on it right now because it's so popular. Yeah. No, it sucks that it got taken down. It's Spoil everybody's fun? Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're going to try it? No. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care to. Yeah, okay. All right, Ange. All right. Well, then let's move right along. Are you Are you ready to move right along? We could. Sure. Uh, we have one more story before we could get to the Kickstarter of the week, and uh, that is uh, one last Pokemon story. And that's the Pokemon Go apps that are uh, popping up oh, all over the place geez, that are malware. Of course. You know, yeah. I saw a really great meme about Mario Kart Go. <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. a pile of crushed I want it. cars. I want it. I want Mario Kart Go. I'm, I'm not so hot on the Pokemon thing. It's just yeah. the AR and getting out in the real world that I like. Yeah. But according to researchers, Pokemon Go Ultimate, which seems to be the more popular one, mm-hmm. and looks like the game itself, and these even use like crappy, like rotten uh, knockoff icons and stuff, mm-hmm. has been installed by quite a few Android users, Jeez. been sucking down Android users' battery life, been causing their devices to restart, and then the ra- app continues to run in the background after you restart. It oh, then wow. pops up porn advertisements. Yeah! Yep. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get it off was by going into Android Is settings itself. to get itself. it off, right? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, um, no. So and that's I what do... it looked like, by the way. Look how crappy Oh, my it gosh. I would do a Minecraft Go. Oh, man. Right? That's an interesting that idea. That makes sense. An interesting concept, Could Angela. You build objectives and points and things. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. Like yeah. you collect blocks and then you go and you build. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm going to break this tree here. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> All right, let's uh, kick it. <laughs> now, this is interesting. It's called Raspberry Shake, your personal seismograph. I'll be honest, because, I, because Angela did the Kickstarter of the week, I just saw Raspberry Shake, your personal, and I thought... Is this like a is this like a Raspberry Pi uh, shake machine? Like, what Hi. is this? My name is Angel Rodriguez. I work at OSOP, and we make seismographs and the software that drives them. We work with universities and governments all over the world. For many years, we have wanted to make an affordable, functional seismograph that is easy and fun to use. Fun. Now, thanks to the popularity of low-cost single-board computers like the Raspberry Pi, it is possible to bring you a portable, accurate, affordable personal seismograph like the raspberry shake you know what that's neat mm-hmm. <laughs> oh really shake is a tiny circuit board that mounts directly onto your raspberry pi with it you can sense tiny earth movements the vibrations that are produced by machinery the movements of cars and trucks footsteps and of course earthquakes 
So you're wondering how it works. Raspberry Shake uses a geophysical sensor called a geophone that measures the movements of the ground. The device sends this information to the Raspberry Pi to visualize the waveforms using professional software tools used by international observatories, tools like the USGS easy-to-use Swarm Seismic Visualization Program. Hmm. For the past year, we have been working on designing and improving the prototypes, as well as developing the software. All we need now is your support to take the steps from prototype to production. Your contributions go to making the boards and tying up the loose ends with the software. We have amazing rewards, so please check them out. Join us on this adventure of listening to the Earth. Pre-order your Raspberry Shake today. Thank you very much. You know, PDD asked a good question. Can we use something like this to maybe preemptively detect lawnmowers before they... Uh... <laughs> You've got lawnmower on your... Wow. Yeah, this is really cool. It's coming. This is really cool. The only other reason I like this is I've always been told that when you drive your RV down the road, you are essentially putting all of the components through your house through a a level four on the Richter scale earthquake. That's the equivalent to driving your RV down the road. I'd like to know if that's true. Put that in there. Find out. So this has got 56 backers. They literally need $1. $1. They've, to meet their goal. <laughs> yeah, they, got a, they, got, they need $7,000. they are at 6999 with 32 days left to go. Raspberry Shake, your, so, personable, your personal seismograph. My question is, and I guess, well, it actually brings up a lot of questions, but if, if people got these and scattered around, could they be clustered and, and provide that information? Mm. You know, I had it like, is there going to be an option to, yes, send my send my data to NASA constantly. Well, I feel like know? we don't need a lot of debate on this one. I feel like this one's backable. Do you, do you agree <laughs> it's a backable one? Well, it's not. It doesn't exactly have a personal use, you know. I don't know. It's still but, be fascinating. It, yeah, right. So that's not necessarily a personal use. That's just a yeah. entertainment value. But yeah, it it is really cool, and it's it's neat that it can be done with the so Raspberry. Pi. Basically, got to get in at uh, fifty bucks to get uh, the device. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then up from that there. does not include the Raspberry Pi, though. I don't right, and if you, no. but if you want to jump in at ten bucks, just to, just because you love it, um, hmm. I don't, I'm feeling this one. I'm feeling this one in a special way, Ange. I know. I'm kind of. Oh, I see. <laughs> we got a winner. <laughs> Watching the Earth move with the Raspberry Shake. Even the name is good. I know it is. That's, that's... It is when you first said it. I'm like, wait, did he choose a different Kickstarter? Because I. <laughs> I don't remember my I name actually, being that yeah, good. I didn't actually read the title. I just nope, nope, that saw was that the Raspberry was... Pi was in, cool. involved with it. Cool. Well, okay. So guess what? I'm going to plug our Patreon. Patreon.com slash today is where you go to support the entire network, raise funds for all the crazy things we want to do, help us stay legit and true to you, boo. How about that oh, one? Oh, my gosh. Right? It needs to be recorded and put in. The, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was perfect. You know, uh, we have a monster of a last live show. On there, um, oh yeah! I think it's damn near four hours long. Wow! And it's um, what two dollars or more? You have yeah. full access to that and yeah. every prior recording too. Also, well, that we've posted. Just as an interesting A B comparison, if you've watched last week's Tech Snap, if you watched the download or you know the final released version, go back and watch the live version and see the Skype gymnastics that Alan and I had to jump through to make that show possible. And hopefully for the most part, it doesn't really come across in the final product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, thing about last this week is, you know, Noah and I had some catching up to do because I've been gone for a couple of weeks. So it just was a massive live show. I try to post a few throughout the week that I'll probably post tomorrow's Linux Unplugged. And it's fun to get the full live experience. Mm-hmm. So you can find out patreon.com slash today. There's lots of things we do from time to time just to say thank you. You can check it out. There's swag. 
There's all kinds of stuff. Check it out at patreon.com slash today. Your support there helps us. If you're a cord cutter, there's a cord cutter level level just for you, Mm -hmm. which you could uh, contribute to and help us out quite a bit. All right. Now, we are going to wrap up with a classic commercial that might explain why our generation could be a little healthier than it is at this place. Not, right. not, so, not so great. Before we go, I want to mention the subreddit, techtalktoday.reddit.com, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Also, I said it like three or four times in Unfilter that we'd, have, we'd be live on Tuesday. We lied. We moved it back to Wednesday. Had to move it back to Wednesday. Chase had something come up. So Unfilter will be live on Wednesday. Otherwise, everything else is scheduled as regular. Thanks for being here. See you right back here next week. We'll be right back. Sheesh. What do they mean there's a trap door here? A Cheetos promotion with no commotion? Two here. Dig what you could be getting free. Radical geek out cards of me. You can get your kicks collecting all six. There's one in specially tagged bags of Cheetos bring. The cheese that goes... Crunch. It's not easy being cheesy.